The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. By TKO, Jeff has a steel Jeremy Stevens with a monumental win tonight. Whoa! You cannot break me. I am unbreakable, baby. That's what's up. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Thank you, Phoenix, for coming in today. Matt is not here today. I don't know why. He's off fucking gallivanting. That's <laughs> so my father used to say when I'd be out doing something. I was out gallivanting. And uh, we have, uh, it looks like Jeremy Stevens we're going to talk to now. And apparently Jeff Neal was earlier. I normally can't make it by that time. So I apologize if I was late and we missed Jeff Neal. That's my fault. And I hope we talk to him because he looks so good on Saturday uh, against Nico Price. I would hate to not talk to Jeff Neal. Fun fights. There was. It was really, really great. Tough uh, for me to watch Frankie lose. Yeah. It, um, it's the only time I allow myself to be impartial a little bit that's that's my favorite fight uh frankie is yeah, yeah. I, I picked max by decision but was, let me know when jeremy is on uh but it was only because i thought that the uh, the 10 years younger and the reach would be a hundred percent you know what's crazy too is that you oh is that jeremy i i think we have jeremy right now hi jeremy how you doing fantastic how are you guys what's up jeremy this is phoenix carnavalli and you know jim norton how we doing? Very, very good. Um, we haven't talked to you in a little while. Um, now you're getting ready to fight Yair Rodriguez, who had that amazing ending against the, uh, the the Korean Zombie. But I think the fight before that was against Frankie Edgar, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. Which I'm sure that's the one that you probably concentrated on more. Yep, yep. I, I watched. Uh, I've seen both. I've watched. I studied uh, both both tapes. And when you watched. The uh, the Edgar, uh, you know, because Frankie is so good. Again, such a veteran taking a guy who probably hasn't faced anybody like him down that way. Uh, what did you see watching that Frankie Edgar fight? And what did you think that Yair did wrong or Frankie did right? I saw a cat playing with a mouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that boy is that boy is green. Yair is so green. Wrestling wise, you and, mean? Uh, just in fighting in general, you okay. know, he's a, he's a special kid. Uh, you know, he's, he's got the kicks and stuff, but, you know, I can go to a karate school and find all types of kids like that uh, who can spin, do double flips, and probably, uh, you know, spin a cap off the bottle like you've been seeing. Uh, as far as fighting, you know, it's a different game. Uh, as you can tell, Frankie was able just to just to dominate him on the ground. You know, if I, if I take you down on the ground, I'm going to elbow you and split your head open and just try to get out of there as quick as possible. And uh, I'm stronger, I'm meaner. 
I have uh, a world and a ton of experience of being in there, and especially fighting a guy who I feel better than him uh, just recently in my last fight. So. Right. Uh, we're prepared for the challenge, and uh, we're ready to kick his ass. Well, that's kind of what I was going to ask you too about Zabit. Is a very, very unpredictable uh, fighter. He throws a lot of different things at you. It's kind of he seems like a harder guy to train for. Does Yair uh, have any of that uh, in your opinion? Yeah, they run. That's uh, that's really that's really what it comes down to. Guys like Max, uh, you know, he didn't fight me like he fought Frankie and uh, Aldo and a lot of other guys. Uh, these guys run from me just because you know they they fear my power, whether I hit you in the chest or or uh, in the toe. You're going to run. You're going to feel the power. They, I, I'm expecting that. Uh, so I feel like I can make, make the adjustments and capitalize a little bit better than I did uh, even in my last fight. I feel like it could have went my way. Uh, there's a few things that uh, I can easily take and uh, work on that. And then, you know, I, I'm going in there and I'm fighting a guy uh, who doesn't have the wrestling or I feel like does he have the pop of uh, – of uh, the beat, you know, uh, it's there. There's some stuff to, to look out for definitely, but you know, I'm, I'm more worried, focused on what I'm going to do. And that's going to be mean and nasty and rough this young kid up. Dominic Cruz was, um, giving an assessment of you during that Zabit fight. And he said that your, your, your power was a little bit of a, a gift and a curse because you load up. And he said that might've been a little bit of the problem when you had to sort of chase Zabit around. Did you listen to his assessment of you and, and what did you think of it? Yeah, I immediately uh, saw him after from my after party. Uh, we, we met, and I go, man, like, give me some feedback. And he's like, bro, you look great. You look great. And he just kept telling me I look great. And I go, no, motherfucker, tell me what <laughs> do I need to do because I need to beat these guys. I'll be champion. You know, really what it comes down to is these guys just kind of pointed me, and and that's it. It's like no one beats my ass. Like, no. I would have rather gone in there and had to beat, beat my ass, hold me down like Frankie did Yair, and do it. And it's like, I'm losing just these little millimeter, tiny little details. And he's like, just some footwork and, and, and volume. Mm-hmm. And I, I totally agree. I was like, man, I should, I should have kicked a little bit more, uh, you know, no excuses. I, I kind of had a foot injury during, during camp. So I didn't really feel comfortable, uh, letting my kicks go and, and, it, and it ended up costing me. So, uh, you know, going back to good health and, and assessing everything, the footwork and just doubt, dialing everything in, I know I can make the adjustments. Like I said, I was just in 15 minutes in a fight with somebody who's who's wild like that, and um, I held my own. I, I was able to avoid that flashy shit and put pressure on him so much that he was running. He literally would have ran out of the stadium if they would unlock the cage. So <laughs> uh, I'm ready for this uh, next opportunity, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make the adjustments and uh, go have a good night in Mexico and enjoy some uh, margaritas and fajitas after. Now the the Ayer fight a, a, again against uh, against the uh, Korean Zombie. I'm, I, I know it was with one second left. Am I remembering that right? Because I remember thinking Ayer was losing that fight um, and and being shocked at that. Or is that too close to call? I, I think I, it was very close because of of Yair's kicks. I could be wrong, but the Korean Zombie was definitely on him. Yeah, for some reason I thought he was losing that fight, and that was just not not a lucky punch. It was a great elbow he threw. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, and, and you've never fought in Mexico, correct? Nope, nope, never been, uh, never fought in Mexico, but I've enjoyed some uh, good times in Mexico, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> uh, where did you prepare uh, and train for this, and are you concerned with the altitude at all? No, not at all. Uh, I'm actually excited. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna head down there uh, here real soon, so I'm excited to step into a new journey and uh, create a, uh, a new path that no one else has been on. Uh, I welcome I welcome it, you know. Um, you know, I'm, I'm part Mexican, so I, uh-huh. I enjoy the culture. I enjoy uh, being down there with the most respectful people in the world and just uh, 
smelling all them street tacos. And, you know, <laughs> I can't wait to be up there in the mountains and, like, uh, uh, just really in, in embracing, like, the, the Rocky vibe. So I, yeah. I'm excited to go there and, and, and be around be around the people and really embrace the culture and uh, go on a new path. Jeremy, I, I, what I love about you, honestly, especially the last couple interviews that you've had and your just openness and one one things that you one thing that you said you use something that is a term that's usually used in boxing a lot, which is that you were gonna fight Mexican style, which I mean to me that generally means like war <laughs> and a lot of action. Can you explain to some of the MMA fans who might not know that term what it means to fight Mexican style? Watch my highlight tape. Yeah, we'll use Stevens on YouTube. Watch it. Mexican style to me is, you know, this this kid's a runner. You know, he doesn't fight Mexican style as compared. I'm only 25%, and I fight full 1,000% Aztec warrior Mexican style. That means I'm coming to take your head off. I'm going to beat up your leg. I'm going to beat up your body. I'm going to stuff your takedowns. I'm going <laughs> to avoid your kicks, and I'm going to throw heat until I knock you the fuck out. And if I don't knock you out, you're going to be beaten so bad that you're going to want to quit on the stool every round that you come out. And that's, that's the Mexican style. That's the Mexican spirit. That's the fight that I bring to the table. And if you don't believe me, just watch my highlight tape. And, I, and I'm guessing you've worked on, too, uh, if, uh, if Zabit ran, and you know that Yair, like you said, might want to back away and stay away from you, um, you obviously have had to work on something to, to either cut the cage down or to cut them off and to stop that movement. Yeah, I felt like I was cutting off good. Uh, I could have just used a little bit more volume, just throwing a couple more punches even when I'm missing uh, because my last, like, I would throw three, four punches and, like, the fifth, sixth one would land on the beat, mm-hmm. and he didn't like it, and he kept on his horse. Uh, this round, I get five I get five rounds. Honestly, if the beat didn't kick me in the nuts in the first round and get a really good break because he hit me hard in the nuts and he tried to, like, steal the round, jumping off, trying to be flashy, but uh, I broke him and made him, like, look up at the clock. And, man, like, man, this kid keeps coming. Just keep coming. This young kid, he gassed us pretty much every time. He was tired in the in the uh, Korean zombie fight. Korean zombie made a mistake slapping high fives with the with this young kid. Dude, I'm mm-hmm. not going to slap high fives. I'm going to slap my shin across your face <laughs> and, and keep putting the pressure on you. And, like, I'm going to break you if I don't. If, if I don't, I'm not worried about cutting him off. If he can run, 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 run. But in those fourth and fifth rounds where I've been deep many times, I will break you. I will definitely break you. And like I said, if I don't knock you out, I'm going to break you. You're going to be looking up for the clock. You'll be looking for your coaches. You know, asking what time is it? Like, how does this kid keep coming? That's that Mexican style that I bring to the table. I don't stop. I don't give up. You can tear off half my face, my leg. I'm still going to come and, 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 and try to take you out. Can I can I ask a stupid like girl question? (laughs) So I obviously I obviously don't have nuts, so I can't you know comment on it. But I'm wondering. Date you? (laughs) (laughs) But I'm wondering uh, this. So no, it's a weird perspective. You guys get up to five minutes. No one ever really uses it, even though obviously a kick to the nuts it really affects you. It affects you in the fight. It, It it bothers you for a significant time after. Is the reason why nobody takes the full five minutes because you're afraid to cool down too much? Like, what really goes on? What you get kicked really hard in the nuts, and then you decide to get back in there. Well, some sometimes, like say, like a guy like to be like, I know if I can keep pressure, he'll break and he'll 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 gas out because he uses a lot of flashy stuff, and then he was running. Uh, normally, if I get hit in the nuts and like I know that this guy's gonna break, I'll I'll, I'll kind of like if I can, I'll just shake it off and keep going because I know the pressure. 
that one, I took a hard shot to the nuts, and I was like, damn, uh, this hurts. And that, that one really affected me, so I had to take almost like two, almost three minutes. Yeah. And then at the end, he tried to do some flashy stuff, try to stole the round, which he possibly could have. That's kind of where I feel like uh, that was the difference. Uh, if I didn't get hit so hard there, I probably just kept brushed it off and kept kept going, putting that pressure on him because he was getting so tired toward the end of the fight. Uh, I, I mean, it hurts. I mean, yeah. I mean yep. there's no, there's no, there's no way or, or anything around it. Uh, you know, it happens. I don't think he meant to do it on purpose or anything like that. Uh, it was a good shot, and uh, you know. You can't even really describe how much it hurt. Like to someone who doesn't have testicles, when you get hit in the balls with anything, it's a weird. It's like standing in smoke. Like it's just there. Uh, like every part of you yeah. hurts. Your head hurts. Your fingers. It's just an awful thing. Um, and you mentioned too something that was just was the high fiving in the middle of the cage. We interviewed somebody recently, and I don't remember who it was, who was saying how much he he hated that. And I, I like when guys have mutual respect. But how do you feel about that? Like when it's in the middle of a fight or the beginning of third round, when guys are too friendly. I, I I don't I don't I don't I don't like it. I, I hate high fives in know. general. It's just, it's just it just to me. Um, listen, we may shake hands before, we may shake hands after. Uh, we may take a picture together. Shit, we might even have some beers at a uh, at a party in UFC. But we're not friends. <laughs> we, we're not friends. This is business. Uh, I don't have any friends in the sport. You know, besides my training partners and and my loved ones around me. They they know the type of person I am, but. You know, you're in my division or one above or one below. You're your possible potential of uh, fighting me. So uh, I don't have friends in this business. You mm-hmm. know, I'm here to take your head off. You're trying to take food off my kid's table. That's a big difference. I like to fight. I literally like, I used to do this shit for free back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Now they get to pay me to go take somebody out in their home, their, 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 their país, their country. So, I mean, I love this. I, I welcome it. You know, I, I, uh, I love fighting. Fighting is in my spirit. Like we're talking about that. That Mexican warrior Aztec spirit, that's that's me. I'm trying to sever your head and throw it down the temple <laughs> yep. for the other people to see and sacrifice. Somebody so, has to draw that up for your shirt, your walkout shirt or something like that. Because that would be really cool. Yeah. That would be like... You're throwing a blue, head, a blue head down the steps. <laughs> if anybody's listening, hit me up on uh, Instagram. Yeah, do Facebook that artwork for him. Yeah, that would love be the artwork. Yeah, that I would be that. dope. And Jeremy, you've had a couple of times too in, in over your career uh, where you've had two losses in a row, and you've come back and started winning again. So, what is your what, what happens when you have a couple of losses? It doesn't affect your confidence at all, or, or how do you get mentally ready to go? All right, I have to stop this. Well, uh, just look at my career. I mean, if you look back to my first fight in the UFC, you know, I was just a brawler, hands guy. Uh, you know, fighting Rafael Dos Anjos, you know, I was a white belt. This guy on paper should have should have beat my ass. Right. Uh, you know, I've I've came back on two losses, uh, fought Dennis Bermudez and I didn't even make weight. Oh, that was crazy. I, 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 yeah, you know, was so that was a like, flying knee I, I or something? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I could have got cut. You know, and I was like, No, I wanna know if this dude can truly beat me. But the real the real reason here is just like I constantly grow. I get I get a little bit of feedback from my last fight. And I make the changes, and I constantly grow. I constantly evolve. I'm constantly getting better. Every time I fight, you don't know whether I'm going to knock you out with a right hand or left hook or a knee, uh, a shin across your face. I have multiple knockouts from multiple different ways. Right. It's not just like a Dan Henderson where it's, uh, everybody fears the right hand. Yeah. Well, you fear the right hand, I can knock you out with the left left hook. You know, I've, I've done it multiple times, and I always come back with something something bigger, something better. And, and you know what? Overall, it's just great improvement. And that's just me being open and honest with myself and saying, hey, 
you got to get better. And how do I get better? Work hard, work smart, and uh, separate yourself. And you opened up uh, about battling some depression after the loss to to Aldo, um, which is, is good. I, I like when guys talk about that because so many people who are fighters and who aren't fighters have to deal with it. How, how are you doing with it? Oh, I'm good now. Uh, you know, I, I told you guys I went to the emotional intelligence course out there at Choice Center and uh, and uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. I've uh, I've learned to handle my emotions a lot better. Uh, let alone just uh, I'm in a better relationship even with my wife. Uh, how to talk to my kids? How uh, you know how maybe I was passing things on, influenced by my parents, onto my kids without even knowing. Right. So there was uh, so much learning, and I'm constantly going out there. I did like a samurai course out there with Dominic Cruz and my coach Eric. And not only did I just learn from myself and like what my big learning was, I was learning from other people. They're sharing their their emotions, their pain, their struggles, and I'm like, damn, you know, like everybody's pretty much the same. We're all human beings. We all go through these emotions, and one way or another, uh, could be a little bit different. But the emotions and the feelings and the pains that we feel from from losing and uh, and stuff like that, you know, it's it tough. If you, you know? think about it, it's really a very martial arts type of thing to to be able to be in touch with your emotions and then also be able to fight. So it's it's really yin and yang, but it's very much thought of still by I think a lot of people in our community that if you're emotional or if you can get in touch with your emotions, that it's like not you know it's like a girly thing a to do. Quality, yeah. yeah, but it's it's totally not. What's the what main advice you would give somebody who's kind of afraid to go there because of whatever reason they're afraid to let their emotions out or they're f- afraid to dig deep? I would say uh, really uh, check yourself because I feel like the weak man is the one who's holding that pain in and not letting it go. It's like energy. If there's like a short circuit somewhere and there's a blockage. It doesn't flow freely. If you share your pain with me, if you tell me about an experience or what you're going through and be vulnerable, there's so much power and vulnerability. I mean, some of the greatest athletes in the world actually came out and been like, man, I was suicidal uh, actors, you know, saying, hey, I was I was molested and raped as a little kid. Hey, this this happened to me when I was young. You know, I've seen so much uh, abuse. We lived here. We lived there. You know, when you share that with somebody, it actually connects you. Then it might help someone else open up and be like, man, these things are happening to me. If they made it, maybe I can make it. So there's so much power in that to, to share. And just let alone, you're not hanging on to that bullshit right. and telling yourself a story like, hey, I was a young kid from, from Iowa. You know, I, I, had a, I had a messed up childhood. Like, I stopped telling myself that story of why I cannot make it. Because now that I look back, I'm like, look, look what I can do. I'm powerful. I'm courageous. I'm I'm a smart dude. You know, like fighting isn't isn't something that's gonna gonna last forever. It's just a mechanism, a tool for me to use to set myself up. You know, I'm I'm always gonna fight though. We always have that fighting spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you share them things with with people and you actually open up, you 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 develop a, a a stronger bond. You let you let people know that hey, this isn't the end. You know, you give them hope. You give them inspiration. And to me, that's that's more powerful than, than holding some shit in and acting tough. Were you always you know, teach? Were you always teachable with this day, stuff? Sorry, real quick. But at the end of the day, they, they, you know I'm tough, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you know, like you can just watch watch my shit. But like, dude, that's a badass dude. But if I was to tell you, like, hey, some fucked up shit happened to me as a kid, or hey, I'm, I was going through this, or I was battling with this, people like when I opened up about that, they're like, wow, man, thank you. I even went back to my hometown. I had people, just regular workers, saying, hey, man, I really appreciate you sharing because. You know, I've gone through the same stuff and this and that, this and that. 
And to me, I'm like, I sit there and I listen to him. I go, wow. You know, like we're human beings. Like everybody has like that, that, that shit in their head, that bullshit story that they tell themselves. Yeah. It's almost, it's almost more, it's almost more rewarding than just entertaining them with fighting is being able to share and inspire. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, you know, when people would tell me like when they're rich and they have flashy cars and, and, and big houses, I was like, damn, you know, I, I got married recently. I, I, I bought a fucking tremendous house. I had close to a million dollars in my bank account, and I was fucking not happy. Wow. Like, it may seem kind of weird, but I was like, dude, this is what they're talking about. This is that, that feeling. And it wasn't until I actually went there, shared some stories, kind of like we were just talking about, got into a deep level. I was in a classroom. I didn't, I didn't knock nobody out. I didn't, I didn't have money in my bank account. Like, no, I just felt pure happiness and joy within myself. And that's where I was like, this shit is powerful. You know, this is the true power of, of this, what it is really like to be happy, to be fulfilled, to really know where, where, what my purpose is. I didn't even know I even had a fucking purpose. Wow. I was just knocking people out because I liked it. But like, now I know my purpose, you know, and it's my purpose is to, to, to give back to the, the young troubled youth that, that are just like me, or maybe they're out there and they don't know how to open up. They don't know how to be vulnerable. You know, I've been going to high schools. And speaking for like three hours to like multiple different students, sharing my story, you know, and they're in high school. So they may be, they may be like not wanting to hear me trying to act cool, but I know deep down that I'm reaching out to some of those, those people that really need to hear it. So you can get very uh, comfortable I mean, feeling depressed too. There's a, a chemical feeling you get where it's almost like wearing like a blanket over your shoulders and it can become a really comfortable and familiar place to be. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And who who wants to be who wants to be sad or, or feel like hey I can't even reach out to my mom or my dad and talk to them and tell them sorry or or try to understand like maybe what 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 they've gone through in life and why they act the way that they do you know we always hold things so so personal and they can just go on and on but you know don't don't hold that shit in because it'll just ruin you and beat you down and beat you down until maybe you know you actually pull the trigger or you know you may jump off the bridge and you know there's there, there there's Love trumps, you know, depression. You know, yeah. love has no limits, man. I've seen, I've seen love, you know, overpower anything. You know, if you just, if you just let it. Yeah, I mean, shame, uh, shame is at the root of most of that stuff that most people suffer from, and uh, you know, shame is, uh, it's, it's, it's a bitch. I mean, Jeremy, any, um, any predictions you want to give us before you go? Uh, for my fight, yeah. <laughs> Tune in and don't blink. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Thank you so much. You are savage. Always good talking to you, man. September 21st in Mexico City, the main event, yourself against Yair Rodriguez. Uh, have a good camp, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate yeah. the talk. That was awesome. Awesome. Love you guys, and uh, I hope to see you guys soon. Absolutely. Come to Mexico, drinking margaritas at the heat is bucks. Oh, I love right. that. Take care, man. <laughs> Thanks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? 
Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Yeah, I like hearing guys like that uh, talk about depression because a lot of guys don't talk about it. A lot mm-hmm. of people, like, you know, public figures, especially fighters, like you said, there's, it's like a feminine quality to be in touch with your feelings or right. the misconception. So to hear that is uh, it's really helpful to a lot of people. You're right. I think uh, Uriah Hall com- talks to us a lot about that stuff too, about feeling afraid and having all these feelings that a lot of fighters uh, right. don't like to talk about. Well, there's a lot of different psychological uh, types that take to fighting. A lot of it is people with less inhibitions, um, you know, some adrenaline junkies, obsessive compulsive disorder. Those are all types of things that, you know, that this type of person is attracted to athleticism. So it's tough because you're going off the highs and lows all the time. You're literally above average highs and like below average lows when you lose. Yep. Um, Well, let's talk to uh, Jeff Neal. You're going to call in or no? We're hoping we can get him. Um, what an impressive win. Damn. That was, um, of course, uh, Matt and myself both had Nico Price. Really? Uh, yeah, I think Nico had lost two straight. I just didn't see him losing a third straight. Sometimes I'll go like that with a guy, as, as again, as much who likes to be in the mix as he does and just stand there and slug it out and he's so unpredictable and hard. I know Jeff Neal is very strong and he was, I think, undefeated in the UFC, but... Again, certain guys, you just don't see them losing more than two in a row. Like Jeremy Stevens, I'm probably going to take in this fight because I don't see him losing three straight. Yeah, I, I, hope, has, to see him, I, him I hope to see him win too because I feel like I want his message to get out there more. And if he's on a winning streak, you know, he'll be out there a little bit more. He was never really into being in the media. And now I feel like he's a lot more open, and which is cool, you know, which is really cool. And now it looks like Cyborg is going to fight... Amanda again, even though, um, you know, I thought Cyborg looked great. Uh, Felicia Spencer, I just thought was tough, but I thought Cyborg looked incredible. Even though she couldn't put her away, I thought she looked really, really great. She didn't stay up against the the fence that long. She would get pushed up again. She managed to turn out of it. And uh, I thought her punching was accurate. She was ferocious. She just couldn't knock her out. Yeah, it's just a style thing with her and Nunez because Nunez capitalizes off of Cyborg bum rushing. And uh, that's really what it is. It's you could be the greatest fighter in the world, but style versus style, sometimes somebody has the answer for you. Right. And people will always say, "Well, what, what, what are the holes in their game? What do they do wrong?" It's not necessarily that, that they do anything wrong, and there's holes. It's just that there's a combative answer to somebody's habits, and uh, I think that's part of that whole matchup. And it's rare that there's a guy like John Jones. Where there seems to be no answer, or, or I right. mean, there is someone's got it. Somebody will beat him unless he retires. Yeah. Or a guy like Israel Adesanya, like uh, these guys, where it seems like everything that would be considered uh, a style problem winds up being a bigger style problem for the guy they're fighting. Well, he's obsessive and he and he adjusts on the fly, and he watches a lot of film, and you know he's not given enough credit for his fight IQ. Uh, John or uh, John. Israel, yeah. John, he's not, he, and it. But he, I, there's a couple of people I would love to watch a fight with just to hear what they have to say as they're right. watching. They break thing, things down. Conor McGregor, who I don't know if I can handle his personality for more than ten minutes, but I would like to watch a fight with him. And John, I would love to see how he breaks down fights. And also, um, Valentina Shevchenko, because I'm like, what are you seeing as your opponents moving that you find openings so 
quickly. Well, McGregor, you know, I'll tell you about McGregor. Sometimes he's difficult, but I like him after he loses um, because he takes a loss well. He just, he kind of, you know, he he handles it like a professional right. and he, hey, he beat me and what am I going to do? You know, he gives credit to the guy who beat him. Um, I always like him after he loses more. Like, you know, he prom- he'll stand there and promote a fight. But I think I can tell a lot more whether I like a guy or don't like a guy after he yeah, loses. Yeah, he's humble in defeat, which which does, for most people, makes him more interesting or almost forgivable. But the whole bus thing still pisses me off. It, it was terrible. Um, <laughs> and and and, uh, and the thing with the smack and the self, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Now, like, now, Cyborg, now, Dana had said he thinks she's afraid to fight Amanda again. I don't know if he was just kind of taunting her or trying to just poke her so she did fight her. But this was the last fight of her contract, I think, was this... Uh, this Spencer fight, and um, I, I uh, think she is going to fight Amanda again. And she has a bit of a contentious relationship right. with Dana. And I don't know why. She said Dana bullies I, her, which again, I, that word I is do. overused. I remember why. Like, look, I love Dana for his honesty and his sense of humor and him just like saying whatever he thinks on his mind. Yeah. But the problem is when you're a public figure, whatever you say, even though you just said it as a joke or you said sure. it instantly, lives forever. And then if you have people who fan out on you, they take what you say and then they they run with it. Where he might have said something just in jest for a what quick second. What did he second. say? He said that she looked like Vandalay Silva in a dress. Oh, and like he was making fun of Okay. Something else. And now- was that before she was in the UFC? It was. Yeah. It was. And then something else. And then now she says that her kids were being bullied and, you know, but kids are like that regardless of what shitty. Dana White says. They're fucked up. And, you know, you know that. But um, so, yeah, so that I think that that kind of never sat with her well. And then sure. they forgave each other. But the contracts and I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but everybody wants more money. Everybody wants more everybody money. Everybody wants more money. And there's not many people she can <laughs> fight. Because because of the weight class, I mean, there's just not many options. No, no, there's um, not for her. And, and Duran May didn't fight her. I wonder if she will now. I mean, she said it was because she had, I think, tested dirty or something. But that I, was a I million think years ago. There's also one of those right. things too, where I think that you know, you're looking at Cyborg, and a lot of people just don't want to deal with that in the fucking in the cage. Possibly. I mean, she's never really said no to any fight before, especially in her kickboxing career. So it's weird to me that just cyborg of all people. And a lot of these kickboxing organizations don't test. So it's, I don't know, it's just some weird moral thing or I have nah. no idea. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I, I, and I like uh, Jermaine. We've interviewed her. I mean, I, yeah. I, I think she's great, but I don't know. I, I think uh, maybe, but I don't think you refuse to fight. You know, one of the, if not the biggest name in in women's uh, MMA because of something that happened right. a long time Especially ago. Right, especially if you're building issue. your own, you're building your own brand. It just, yeah, just yeah. doesn't. That's a super fight right there. So, what do you think? Uh, now, obviously, Holloway against Edgar. I took Holloway, uh, you know, only because I mean, Frankie has lost a few title fights, which I want to talk about. I think oh, they said it was like five straight. I think mm-hmm. in a row. Yeah. Well, five straight would have covered it. I didn't need to say in a row like an asshole. We got it, Jim. <laughs> but again, it's I like gave ATM uh, machine. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but I gave the uh, I gave the edge to Max just because I didn't see him losing twice in a row, and he just lost to Poirier. And I also thought that the the ten years difference because the cardio for Edgar is amazing. Um, but Max that. also has great cardio, and Max is really hard to get in on. And, and and Brian Ortega showed you that no matter how good you are on the ground, you have to get him on the ground first. And uh, he is. I, I don't know if there's anybody harder in the UFC to take down. I'm sure there is now. Fucking 10 tweets will come up and how stupid well, I am. Well, Aldo has always been very difficult, difficult to take down yeah. and Frankie took him down twice and whatever. But I would say that, you know what it is? Aldo's, I, I'm sorry. Is, Aldo is a black belt, I think, too. I yeah. want to know, what, what does Max's uh, 
uh, jujitsu. Uh, is he a black belt? I think he's either brown belt or a okay. black belt. He might have recently got his black belt. Frankie, I know, is a black belt. Much. Yeah. But the thing is that Max, I thought Max had this ridiculous reach. He doesn't. He is just so good at stepping back and keeping you at the edge of his punches. And that's what it is. He knows how to just keep you, like, just line them up straight and keep you at the edge of them. And he, that's why he's so difficult. And I don't know who's getting around that. Well, he's got a, he had five inches of height on, on Edgar, who I think was 5'6 to 5'11. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. What is the reach difference? I think an inch. Yeah. Wow, is that it? Okay, yes. you know what? Isn't that crazy? It, it's just his it's just his, his distance management and his, and maybe his height makes him have the appearance because he's not as like they weighed the same, so right. maybe he looks like he's a ganglier guy. Everybody says Frankie's too small for that weight, and it's like I don't know. I don't know what to think. I really don't. Why is he lost? Because he's always good. I mean, again, the Ortega fight was the one time he gets caught with an uppercut because he's coming in. Right. But I mean he doesn't he's obviously not choking, like he's not uh it's not a nerves thing. So is he a pulling back a little bit is he saving a little too much for the later rounds is he being slightly more cautious because of what's on the line he's obviously fighting the best in the world i think that's it but i frankie's one of the best in the world i don't think that every guy who beat him just beat him simply because they're better than him because i think frankie is is good enough to have beaten any of those guys i i listen i agree he's my favorite fighter of all time i just don't know i I don't know. I would have to watch that fight again and take a look at it. I just feel like Max always seems to be one step ahead and he keeps people at the end of his punches. And Frankie did get in many, many times. But it, I will say this. That was the most frustrated I've never ever seen Frankie because I felt like after a round he knew he lo had lost it and his heart was breaking a little bit. Uh, each and every time. I, he was the most frustrated I've ever seen. Yeah, and, and maybe Max just frustrated him because he couldn't uh, he couldn't take him down. Mm -hmm. I mean, was he one for nine or one for ten or something? I mean, he had a really hard time um, uh, 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 getting Max to the ground. So maybe that was it. Maybe Max was harder to take down than he thought. I mean, I'm sure, sure he knew it was not going to be a Yaya Rodriguez situation. But he had to know from watching Ortega that Max is really fucking good at keeping you from Very putting good. him on and the Frankie ground. And Frankie has great footwork, too. Yeah. Frankie has great footwork too. The first couple of rounds were interesting watching those guys just kind of both kind of float in and out and dance around each other because mm -hmm. both of them are so fast, so good on their feet. I feel like Max might do a whole bunch of double end bag work or whatever because he is he's just finds your head. And you, you don't see him, his accuracy is really yeah. on point. He'll just find your head in motion because that's what Frankie is so good at, angling out a little bit and... But, he, you know, again, everybody becomes predictable after a significant time, especially if you've been around a really long time. That's the disadvantage to having over six or seven hours now in the octagon is that there's a lot of tape to watch. A lot, of, a lot to watch, right. And, you, and you've had enough losses where you can go, oh, okay, even in a decision, this is what he'll tend to do by the third round. Of, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, I guess so. But then again, Max has a lot on him, too. There's a lot to see. Yeah. Yeah. But Max just seems uh, almost unbeatable right now. I don't know. Is it an age thing? So many Well, the so 10 years variables. makes a difference. For Look, sure. No matter how good you are, 10 years uh, is a big... That's a lot of time. That's a lot of fucking time. I yeah. mean, I mean, what's the, what's the age between... Uh, Cormier is what, 40 or 41 right now? He's 41. I mean, Stipe is close to that. I think Stipe is Stipe what... Is we got like Jeff? 37? Is he? We have him. Jeff. Yes, sir. Hey, buddy. How are you? What's up, Jeff? I'm doing great. I, very good. The reason we weren't able to talk is because there was a technical difficulty. Me as an ass, I didn't get here on time, uh, not realizing it was a 12.15. <laughs> so I apologize for making you wait. No, it's all good. I wasn't doing nothing anyway. Oh, okay. Um, how are you feeling, man? That was uh, 
That was a really, really great win over a, a very, very tough guy. I feel, I feel great. Uh, it's just, it's just another step, you know. I'm, I'm ready for whatever uh, comes next. What comes with that, uh, that performance of the night, fifty grand? What happens with that? What's your first um, investment? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm just going to keep it in the bank and uh, figure out what I want to do with it later. By the way, I erroneously said I thought Nico Price had lost uh, that and didn't see him losing two in a row or three in a row. I was incorrect. Uh, Nico had not lost. He was coming off. Uh, uh, he was coming off a uh, win after that first round. Was that when you went down in the first round? Was that more the left or was that more the headbutt? Um, he he had uh, hit me with the left as I was hitting him with the left, and uh, like I guess the uh, momentum from it, like from both the punches, just pushed our heads together, and then uh, the headbutt is what really dropped me. Mm-hmm. It was like the end of Rocky too, though, watching two guys go down at the same <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. How how badly were you hurt? Because you looked a little wobbled. I think he threw a right uh, kick. That you uh to the head, which you stopped with the glove, but it, it seemed like it's still connected, uh, and you looked a little dazed by that. Uh, how hurt were you at that point? Um, th- at that point, like I was more, mainly uh, off balance. Like when he threw the kick, and uh, it kind of threw off my footing a little bit. Then I tried to circle out, and that's when uh he had uh threw the lunging uh, left hook, and I was trying to counter him on that, and then uh, that didn't work out too well. <laughs> and was he difficult to prepare for? Because again, he is unpredictable. Um, he throws a lot of stuff at you. We just talked to Jeremy Stevens about guys like Zabit and uh, Yair Rodriguez who also do that. Uh, was it difficult to prepare for a guy like this? Yeah, one hundred percent. I've been training. I was training and preparing for like, you know, what I mean, like all my training partners are real technical and like, mm-hmm. you know, what I mean, like they have technical boxing, technical kickboxing, and uh, nothing about Nico is. I, I would say he's not technical, but it's like. The way he throws punches is not the way. Yeah, it's most not. Are trying to throw punches. It's hard to read. This way, it's just super hard to read. Well, I want to. I want, I'm going to nerd out a little bit with you. So your your coach is safe side, right? Yes, sir. All right, yes, sir. so he's. I'm here, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he is probably one of my favorite coaches in the United States, and I've worked with Safe a couple of different times, and he's an excellent instructor. Very intense, very intense individual, but yeah. an excellent instructor. 100%. Can you talk a little bit about working with him and how he preps you guys for fights? Working with him is awesome. Like, uh, he keeps us on a on a on a track, on a game plan. Uh, it, he he always knows he he knows the answers to everything. Like, uh, before this fight uh, with Nico, we were on the uh, bus and we had this game plan what we we're going to do. And then uh, he tells me to take off my headphones and listen to him. Like as we're talking, as we're going to the venue, mm-hmm. he's like, "Hey, Jeff." If you get hit, if you get hurt, we're going to take them down. Or like we, I haven't trained takedowns like the whole camp. That was never the plan, the attention at all. But just like last minute, he said we're going to take them down, and like you might finish the fight on top of the ground and pound, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I mean, I know for safe, it's really very much about having control. You know, it's yeah, about having 100%. control and whatever position that you're in. You're making sure that you're in the dominant position that you're able to get off yeah. whatever it needs to get off. It's funny, you've flown under the radar a lot for your career, but I think after this win Saturday night, that's not going to be the case anymore. Are you already starting to feel that little bit of celebrity? Is that starting to creep in? Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Um, not not too much. I don't know if my Instagram is blowing up right now, so I had to <laughs> log off for a little bit because I'm not used to like the influx of like, messages and notifications, so I had to chill out on that for a little bit. <laughs> Have you noticed more negative now? It seems like the bigger somebody gets, the more famous they get. You get positive, but then you also get the guys that are just talking shit for no reason. I, honestly, I try to stay away from that because all that stuff, all that does is just piss me off. So I just, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't read the comments. 
<laughs> oh, you yeah. know, that's actually smart. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah. That's really us. Uh, well, who do you, who do you see yourself fighting? Sorry, buddy. Who do you see yourself fighting <laughs> next? Uh, I, I mean, I would love to see uh, you against a guy like Mike Perry or uh, uh, Ponzinibbio. Do you have anybody in mind? I, I'm, honestly, I have nobody in mind. Uh, I, I would fight Mike Perry, but uh, that's if he wins against uh, Vicente Luque. You know, mm-hmm. but if he loses, I, I see no point in fighting him. Because I, I really feel like I'm ready for a uh, top 15 opponent. So, but yeah, uh, Mike Perry fight would be awesome, but he has to get through uh, Luke at first. Who do, you, who do you see yourself uh, get? Because a guy like Ben Askren, I mean, he just lost. So, and again, he tends to only want to fight above. And I think they're going to give him one more fight, uh, maybe with a higher rank than him, just because he came yeah. in, he's 18-1. and one. That was a, again, it could be seen as just a, a mistake. He came in, he got the knee. So he's probably going to fight above. Who do you see yourself getting then if it's not Perry? Oh man, that is tough. That is tough. Um, maybe a Neil Magny fight. Uh, I don't. I, I really have no idea. I don't. I don't know how the matchmaking work with that because I'm like, yeah, I, I'm a four zero. You know what I mean? But my name's not that big yet, so uh, we'll just see how they uh, do the matchmaking. So you don't actually, in your mind, you just kind of wait for them to come to a fight. You don't. You don't say I'm going to throw a few names at them and see if I can stir something up. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I want to, but like I said, I just feel like you know what I mean, mom. My voice would go unheard just because uh my level like right now. But uh eventually I'm gonna start calling people out, especially if uh, it's gonna be a if there's a long uh layover in between this fight and next fight, I will up and call people out. Yeah, that's what it is, right? You feel like you wanna stay busy, so you have to make some noise in order to stay busy sometimes. Yeah, for sure. It actually does help a little bit, it seems like and again there's you don't have to do it to the level of a guy like a Covington or a McGregor, but it seems like when guys yeah. Uh, talk or are vocal about who they want to fight because of Twitter. You know, I mean, yeah. Ali and Frazier didn't have Twitter, but now there's Twitter, so guys can start going out and almost oh, creating Ali something. Amazing on Twitter, he would have been amazing on Twitter. But that's <laughs> what it is. It yeah. it gets people interested, and when the fans start asking for fights, it seems like the UFC is pretty good at giving people the fights that they want to see. Algorithms and metrics, man. You see the metrics 100%. when two people start talking to each other, and you know, I don't. I have mixed emotions about that, though. Cause I, for me, it's always about if I like the matchup. I don't really care what anybody else says to anybody. So Jeff, for you, you know, you're very well rounded. But how would you describe your style then? Um, I describe my style as just um calm and calculated. You know, uh, I, honestly, I feel like I can do anything. I can, I can brawl. I can uh, wrestle. I can pinpoint strike. You know, uh, I really have no style to be honest. So when you think about like what kind of fight you'd like to be in, is there anybody within your division that's like, oh, that would be a cool challenge or that would be fun because of the way they fight? The, the, a, a good matchup for like me and the fans would be me versus uh, Luke. That yeah. would be a great fight. I think you're right. I do think you're right. Yeah. And when you look at the That'd top, when yeah. you look at the top of the division too, I mean, and then you think, all right, you have to get ready eventually for guys like Kamara Usman, who, who, you know, to see Tyron Woodley manhandled for five rounds, I, mean, I never thought I'd see that. I mean, I knew he was he could lose, but I never thought I would see anybody dominate him on the ground like that. I also think he was burned out, though. Yeah, he might have been. Yeah, but that's still a tremendous. I mean, you know, for to sure. take somebody's belt and beat them basically. I, I, I mean, I want to say fifty forty five. I mean, that was. Completely dominant. I mean, how do you look at that? How do you look at the top five uh, of the division? Uh, the top five of this is real tough, and um, it's it's real wrestling heavy. So uh, mm-hmm. I just got to make sure my uh, wrestling's on point for that because everybody in top five has great wrestling. You got and, uh, you got the right coach for it. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I got the perfect coach for it. Yeah. And uh, Covington fighting uh, Robbie Lawler this week. You know, a lot of people don't like Colby Covington because he has a big bout, but I mean, people forget he is an extremely smart and, and effective fighter. What do, you, what do you think of that this weekend? Uh, I want Robbie to win, but uh, I just really don't know how his uh, cardio is going to hold up with uh, Covington because I've never seen him, uh, Covington, get tired in the fight. You know, no. he'll wrestle constantly the whole fight so he might blow off the decision yeah he is uh he is relentless uh now what are you only how long have you only been fighting like when's the last time you had a job that was not fighting to supplement your income uh, um I've, I've been i've been working my whole time i've been fighting i'm a server and a bartender so oh you still are okay i didn't realize you were still but doing how, how crazy is that like okay like if i didn't know you and i'm at a bar and i'm sitting in dallas and i order something and you come up to me i'm gonna be like there's no way that's Jeff Neal. <laughs> does that does that happen to you? Do people go, um, excuse me, are you an MMA fighter? It, it, it really doesn't happen that uh, frequent because I, I mean I just recently got to UFC like two years ago, you right. know. So, uh, and um, this fight was probably like my highest profile fight as far as like exposure. So uh, I really haven't gotten too much of that. The only <laughs> people that really recognize me are the real hardcore MMA fans. You can get more tips now. You imagine starting shit in Jeff's bar like you don't know who the bartender is and you fucking start a problem. Right. Uh, Do they they also they all know you fight now. Do they expect you to kind of be like a go to bouncer as well? Uh, Yeah, sometimes um, they'll like look at me like something's about to go down. But hey, Jeff, and I'll just walk away because I don't have time for that. (laughs) Like I don't pay me enough. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to. Hey, does the schedule get hard too? Because the the nightlife, a bartender, you're working at night and you got to get up in the morning and train. So how does that affect your, uh, isn't that kind of counterproductive to your schedule or are you able to do both? I'm able to do both. It it, it sucks. It really sucks. Uh, I'll give you an example. Like uh, on Fridays, I I wake up in the morning, try to condition it. And then uh, I'll go to work at 11 a.m. right after that. And then I'll be at work until 2 a.m., get to bed at like 4 and then have to wake up again as far but. It, it's hard, like the first couple of weeks, but uh, once you get in a groove and get in the rhythm, it's easy. You got to get sleep. That's when your uh, HGH, your natural HGH, happens when you're sleeping. Is it? So for athletes and fighters, yeah. it's really important. It's e- even if like you train and you just take a two hour nap after you train, you're repairing your now, body much more. I'm a terrible sleeper, yeah. so don't don't think that I, as a 51 year old <laughs> lump, am comparing myself to <laughs> Jeff Neal as a man. <laughs> but I'm like I literally I, I I walk up a flight of steps sometimes and I feel like my legs have no blood in them, and I think that's part of not sleeping. It's 100. percent It is 100%. right. Yeah, okay. we'll talk about this. So when we're off the air, I'm gonna try to help Jim. You know, get him some GABA, some natural supplements or whatever the fuck so he could sleep well. I'm a terrible sleeper. I have sleep apnea. Um, So listen, I think you were really one fight away from, from having that goal because, you know, the, the $50,000 bonus, it does put your name a lot uh, a lot higher on uh, everybody's mind. So uh, you're obviously going to be around for a long time. And, and Joe, I don't know if you actually listened to the fight after. But really, really complimentary of you and, uh, and couldn't say enough good things about you. So I, I hope you at least picked up on that. I haven't watched the fight yet, so I'm, I'm probably going to go back and watch it just to, just to listen to that. Do you are you hard on yourself when you watch your own fights? Oh yeah, we're very hard. I was I, I didn't even watch the fight yet, and I was already hard on myself. And uh, <laughs> me and my coach had to talk. He's like, Jeff, that was a great fight, and I was like, ah. I mainly just don't like getting hit. Anytime I get hit, I'm I, I just hate it. I don't. I would like to go to get fights. Uh, no scratches, no bumps, no bruises, but. You know, yeah, you've picked a very interesting profession. Level. Like that's how I feel, so I don't I fight. But <laughs> getting hit sucks. But I guess it makes you a better fighter yeah. if you don't like to get hit. Because guys like Jake Lamotta who enjoyed getting hit, I mean, that's well, not the way I to mean, go through a career. You walk away being able to to have better conversations and and you know 
<laughs> yeah. A little bit wiser 100%. when you... Yeah. All right. Well, listen, man, it's really good talking to you. It was, it was a great fight. Uh, congratulations. Uh, you, you looked really, really good. And, and uh, after that first round, that, that, that kick and then going down with the headbutt, uh, it was even more impressive in yeah. the second when you... Uh, when you stopped him, so congratulations. Yeah, Jeff, I'll see you. I'll see you this weekend if you're at Fortis. I'm going to do some training while I'm in Dallas this week. Okay, shoot, awesome. Yeah, I'll be there. Okay. Hey, uh, thank y'all for having me on. I really appreciate it, y'all. All right, Thanks, great Jeff. talking to you. Take care. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Yeah, I think Joe said that he was a great young prospect. Joe was saying really nice, uh, Rogan was saying nice things about him. And he is really fun to watch. And uh, he looks like if you, to hear what a nice guy he is, mm-hmm. if you just looked at him in the ring, he does not look like a pleasant no, man. No, he, he's definitely very, very intimidating. But that that gym, it's, I'm telling you, killers are coming out of there. I was, I was talking about Matt before you came in, Jim. We were talking about what makes a good instructor. Matt definitely falls under this category. It's so, it's somebody who could teach to to three different types of learners, you know, kinesthetic, audio, right. and then visual. And and um safe, Jeff's coach is like that, where he's so clear and so direct that it's he makes it hard for you to get something wrong. Right. Because he tells you what he wants and he, and you know exactly what he, he's able to to right. uh, to to ver- verbalize what he wants, and this, there's no misinterpretation. Right, and there's some really bad coaching as far, or even just bad teaching. Like if there's a room full of people, I hate when the instructor says "here," because "here" only works for an auditory learner. But if you say "grab the wrist" and you say "wrist," now I have uh, something to remember. You mean the "here" only works for the visual, right? The, so if you're auditory, so like if, if you want all of your students to do well, you have to teach to the three different learning groups at the same time. So that means that if I'm in the back of the room and I can't see it and I hear wrist, I'll know exactly what to do. If I see you grab the wrist, I'll know exactly what to do. And then if you demonstrate it where everybody touches, so then you get the kinesthetic learner. Instead of just teaching to one type of learner where everybody else, it takes longer for them to learn. So things like that just drive me insane. You know, being very clear, being concise, giving enough direction that I can follow it and memorize it as opposed to like, what did he say? He just told me 900 things. Right. So, you know, Matt, Matt, I know, I know you gotta, I was trying to encourage you to go train jiu-jitsu with him as a birthday present to you. Just let him take you on the mat for you know like an hour. You know what I want hour. for my birthday? A, a, a tub of Cialis. That's what I want for my birthday. Or Blue Chew. Get me Blue Chew for my birthday. What is Blue Chew? It won't be the candle that I'm sticking through the cake. What is it? Oh, it's like a Viagra Cialis supplement kind okay. of. It, and it, it actually works really well. Oh. It's a tremendous product. Well, don't take it before you get on the mat with Matt. because I think. Oh, I would, won't. No, no. It'll snap it like a kickstand. Yeah. <laughs> 
So listen, uh, th- you're always great. We appreciate you. You're, you're so good to Matt and I. You always help out when one you're of us is out. You're my favorite people. So uh, what, what, do you have a podcast or what, what can I plug for you? I do have a podcast. I'm not recording right now. If you want to listen to old episodes, it's called In Fighting Shape. Uh, it's on all that shit. It's on every place you get podcasts. All that what shit. are you calling Fights for Invicta too? I call Fights for Access TV. So every Friday night, I'll be on Access TV. And uh, and yeah, so if anybody's, I need an agent. So if there's an agent out there, sure, that's what I need. That's what I'm plugging. Okay, you need an agent. <laughs> I need an agent. I need a good one. Well, you're really smart. You know everything about fighting. Uh, you're a great communicator. So yeah, you should be doing as much stuff as you want to do. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate that. Um, you look good on camera. Like I, I'm not good at that. I look terrible on camera. No, I, I look don't. bad in still photography. I look heinous on camera. My head is fat. I spilled my fucking beverage today on the radio, and I'm looking at the picture of it i'm like who is this play-doh fat body staring at a beverage on the floor i am not a good i think you're way too hard on yourself Jim. no i'm not because one thing that works is my vision and i can see how <laughs> awful i look so listen i'm going to be if you're in columbus ohio see me the uh, 9th 10th at the funny bone i'll be there performing i'm also going to be the 16th and 17th at timonium maryland magoobity about uh, magoobie's joke house and uh doing my stand-up and uh, thank you uh phoenix it's always great matt i guess we'll be back wednesday and uh, it's always good talking to you. Nice. Yeah, it was fun. Thank you so much. Good times. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.